Welcome, darlings, to the second somewhat annual Hellfire Gala. You, the 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 physical tension when I said welcome, as if I was just looking at you to make sure that you weren't doing any tomfoolery over there. <laughs> I would never. That's a lie. Not three weeks in a row, at least. Oh, welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia, and I'm just in the Razor of Hellfire. Oh, oh. Somewhat annual, right? Because it's our annual, not their annual. We're not going to go into this discussion again. I, I just, I'm I'm trying to let it go. I, the fact that you are telling me not to worry about the timeline is a role reversal I was not prepared for, especially with how many people are off in space or at, yeah, there's, at the there's, mansion. Th- listen, or, suspend your disbelief right now. There's some things up in here that don't make sense, but we're just going to let them be what they be and enjoy the issue for what it is. Yeah, we are. So today we are talking about the X-Men Hellfire Gala number one. And? And Immortal X-Men number four. That's it. That's all we got for you right now. We'll do the rest in another episode. Yeah. I almost added the Eve of Judgment to that, but I felt like it was going to be too much because that Hellfire Gala issue is a beast. That's a thick issue. In, a, in the best way. Yes. No complaints here. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you a fast thought. I, I do prefer this. Yeah, I thought this was really great as a full Concise nugget of an event. Seeds everywhere. I don't want to get too far into it. Let's get into not it. Not yet. Not yet. And so, so we're not going to do any news. No, I got, well, no, no. <laughs> no, we got, we got 60 something pages of one issue. That's plenty of news. Right. And, and plus I'm upset about the news right now because something was spoiled for me just now. Oh, well you have to share not what the spoiler was, but like, you got to give us more context than that. Something about the Miss Marvel finale. Oh, that is today. Because it was today, but we were doing this, so we didn't watch Normally it. Normally we record on Thursdays. We have a wedding tomorrow. So we're recording today. Who even knows when it's going up? Ay ay ay. So let's talk about the issue. Okay, let's get into it. Look at this cover. We've got dancing and fire and dying Krakoan flowers and hip grabs. You know, it's the design, the character, energy, everything about it, I do love it. Mm-hmm. Jedi Master Scott making it scandalous. Ah, scandal. Let's dig in, shall we? Sure. Page turn noise. The moon. Hey, they're on the moon. A little then and now. So this takes place before the announcement of an X-Men team, likely just after Ten of Swords. Mm -hmm. And it feels like hints of more to come. The people should choose their leaders. And I don't think he's just talking about X-Men. Or at no, least but, that's not where he's going to land on. But we got to start small. Right. We got to start with the X-Men and let the council be the council for now. Right. That's, that's Which some was, huge seeds. That was some exciting business up in there. Because it connects into some other things as we go further. But this is a long game plan to, what, overthrow the council? Like. Essentially, I guess, or, or sort of weed make it, them out. Make it of the people? Yes. That's still overthrowing the government. <laughs> still. But it's not necessarily like a hostile overthrow. It's like a 
we're going to strongly suggest that you listen to the people who you claim to be listening to to make changes. Yeah, strongly suggest. With, I mean, the statement of, of saying that the, the team has always been more than the government is essentially like it doesn't matter what the council does because the X-Men will fix it. Sure, right. So Plus, we live in New York. We don't. Yeah, because we don't, we don't abide by Krakoa's rules, and I'm Scott Summers. I just do whatever I want. I tell the world everything. <laughs> tell the world everything. Flip the page. The treehouse. Now we're in New York. Same scene, different time. Still naked. Still naked. I I love how they handle the fallout of Resurrection being made public. Right? Yeah. So we just got that in X Men number twelve. Mm-hmm. But now. We're seeing the impact hit people and how they deal with this across the two issues that we're talking about today. Yes. I just feel like that adds so much more weight to this as a revelation. After we decide what needs to be done, sexy time. Sexy time, but we've got my first of, I think, just about two inconsistencies in this issue. So, Gene is removing the visor. Scott and Gene are kissing... And then when they go in for the you-know-whatsies, Scott has a visor back on. And I just think that may have been a an oversight on uh, that. Then You know, I love to find those things. So there you have it. There you have it. Sexy, sexy time, though. On to the war college. Ah, I'm so oh, happy. My I'm God. so happy. It's I, actually happening. Even if it is only in the background at this moment, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, this is what you've been waiting for. And I I saw this preview page. This is a preview page that I actually looked at and I was like, who's disguising themselves as the, as the Avengers? And then we get to, cut to, it's the War College. I was like, Justin is so happy right now. He is. Justin is living his best life. He is. Bishop is doing what, what he should be doing. And, and the fact that magic is here, adding more weight to that, it just feels like the next step of what's happening in New Mutants as they train the younger mutants as teams in tactical situations. Yeah, super cool. And super cool to see Surgeon here too. Yeah, it it is basically how many of the people who were up for the vote that didn't get the vote. You, know, you got Surge, yeah. Armor, Gentle. Glob is there, but he was just the moderator he was the update guy on the vote <laughs> the last year yeah yeah sign me up for these war games especially with bishop sign everyone up for these war games the tactics it's all defense which is where they should be until someone starts coming for them because we and bish know they're coming yeah and it's just interesting to say you know for him to put it out there of like I'm not just going to train you how to do these things. I want to train you to think. Like, what is Krakoa's weakness? Right. How do we protect ourselves? Make us better. Yeah, which is great teaching skills. Great teaching skills and great war tactics because we're finally seeing some fleshing out of what the war captains do. They've just been labeled that and sometimes been defense for quiet council members when they've gone out, that, that one issue. Yeah. Yeah. They've not, they've not really done anything else otherwise. Not really. But wait, there's a floating head. Charles is here with a message. It's about to hit the fan, y'all. It's about to hit the fan. Get to the five. 
That who, reaction from Emma. Who knew that Jumbo was also a hairstylist? Yeah, right. You, know, you get that many hands, you learn a lot of skills. But, you know, Emma's not happy. No. I'll tell you what. I do love that image, though. Yeah. It's a shame that Jumbo's face is hidden. But at the same time, it's a cool perspective and a cool, like, one-shot page. Oh, looky here. It's a title page. The Hellfire Gala. Time flies when you're a mutant. Written by Jerry Dugan, art by Chris Anka, Russell Dodderman, Matteo Lolly, and C.F. Villa. Color art by Rain Barreto, Frank Martin, Matt Miller, and Matthew Wilson. Letters, Corey Pettit. VCs, Corey Petit. All the petals. Oh, yeah. Hey, so like murder is meaningless now, right? You Which know? is not a valid argument. No. I mean, murder could potentially be off the table, but attempted murder would not be. So like, if you're saying... We can't say it's murder because they don't actually die, but you still attempted murder on them, right? Like, you still tried to kill them. Yeah, but it's it's basically taking away the ramifications. You know, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. It's definitely a legal loophole, but... But no, because, like, if you... In, it, it, let's take away resurrection, can right? You, can you murder someone that can't die, though, is their argument whether attempted or successful can you murder someone that can't actually die that they're gonna come back is it actually murder uh, you know it's it's icky it's sticky it's it's philosophical and it's it's stupid oh uh, it's it's a, an opposite side clamoring for some ground okay but i can still think it's stupid that's my opinion that's not a fact sure that's fine I think it's a what I would refer to as a little brother argument. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. This is an argument that will just grind my gears. This is semantics. This is shmeshmeshme poop on your face. I'm not murdering you. I'm not murdering yeah, you. Exactly. I don't like it. The 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 real kicker in my mind is the backlog of prisoners that they're then trying to Yeah, what is that? Especially when you look at the number of how many mutants are dead because of those people right. because of mass murder against mutants yeah that's that's ridiculous but at least stasis had the most fun he's ever had with lawyers before yeah. it's just it it is an interesting albeit far-fetched stretch of the imagination but when put in this situation as the ultimate other side well now let's let's take down their credibility even further yeah, I mean, I understand the looking for an edge or looking for a way to Legal use this situation to your advantage. But if we're going to give you anything, retroactively freeing people who have murdered mutants is not not okay in my book. Reactions around the Marvel Universe to the news. Clear, immediate use to solve a problem. Hey, let's uh, let's use that resurrection for my dead husband, maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't know. maybe. And at least Sue Storm is, you know, seeing the benefits in their line of work. Which it's just rationale that is pretty solid. Cyclops must have known how provocative this would be. They're the big thinkers. You know, mm -hmm. they're asking those questions. They're thinking practically. <sighs> Tony, Tony, Tony. And Steve. I love how neither of them were going to go until this came out. Well, you know, they didn't really have that good of a time last year. Well, they didn't dress up and they didn't talk to anyone. What do I you know. expect? And also, um, I'm just going to say from the later talks in this book, I'm highly upset that I only saw 
these two when, first of all, I had other Avenger looks revealed to me in the Hellfire Gala reveals. And two, we're going to talk about Black Widow's costume over and over again and we're just never going to see it. That's true. Rude. Not seeing it at all on page. Rude. But I think it's kind of funny that Captain America said woof. (laughs) Woof. I was like, yeah, Steve, I know. You got to go to a party. Off on Phobos. Best friends. You know, science bros. (laughs) For science. We thought they would lie about it, which seems to be a big sticking point all around. Likely a reason why Cyclops was indeed right to not lie about it, that they were all planning for them to try and cover it up. I wonder if this was one of the situations that Omega Sentinel knew about, right? Like she knows about resurrection and she thinks they are going to cover it up because that's what they had done in her future. And so that's the information that she fed them, that they're going to try to cover this up. We need to get proof about it because they're going to act like it's not real and we need to make it like expose it. But how does she reveal that information without revealing that she knows future knowledge? Because they don't know. True, 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 true. In the same way that Moira is playing it pretty close to the chest. Oh, that dirty scoundrel. Hey, you know, we're planning a holiday. VK day. No, no, VM Day. Of course Moira's thinking bigger. No, we're not just taking down their silly little island. We're annihilating their species. My, <laughs> Your my, species, My former Moira. species. It's interesting that the partnership that's only been hinted at in dialogue and data pages, Moira is working with Orcus, but she's still keeping her secrets. She's specifically calling herself an ally to the mutants. Likely, they don't know she was one is one not really anymore yeah. because she's a robot but and not sharing how she knows what she knows or even the depth of her knowledge yeah she's just like oh i've been around them for a long time little nuggets here and there yeah a long time like a thousand years yeah, just a thousand years but look we got a lady in a tank moira jane oh god Moira. interesting twist on poor banshee's fate yeah. Her tactics are evolving, even though she, you know, she's still, I'll, I'll murder her anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah, she's not going to be alive by the end. But how did you feel when they, they called her a meat puppet? Yeah. I mean, as long as they don't puppet the meat in that way. That's, yeah. a, that's a weird statement. That's a gross sentence. But at the same time, they didn't skin the woman. Which Yeah, that's I, a plus. That's a plus, because I thought that that's what was going to happen. Me too. I was a little afraid, but no, no, we're just going to like, so does Moira's. Yeah, there's a lot of unanswered Moira's questions here. Does robotness give her like telepathy Seemingly or like. Some kind of. She also has like, like eye beams or something. Well, I mean, she has advanced technology, so we don't know the levels of technology that's infused in this collar of some kind it likely a turn on an inhibitor collar for mutant powers but now just made into a necklace for me to control you right and then giving her a sedative so she's more easily manipulated yeah but it seems like it's not like she's just manipulating her but she's like also able to talk through her right yeah it's very interesting in her consciousness or at least in her physicality as she's able to i don't know like Almost like a hologram of herself projected over her face at some times. Yeah, it just seemed like there was this sort of like the only thing that I that's coming to my mind right now is the show The One Hundred when there's like a chip 
inside one of the characters and there's another character embodying their body through this chip but they're still alive inside their own body and they're trying to like they can't control their own body because this other person is in their brain that's kind of what it seems like to me like all the dialogue and the things she was saying were being said by Moira right but Except for Mary that one Jane yeah. was still like aware she was aware of what was happening to her somewhat at least yeah we don't know too much maybe subconsciously a little too but you know they got they got big plans these three they got big plans and there's a lot of questions unanswered the weapon the advanced work they've been working to achieve or that they've been able to achieve Mm -hmm. intrigue for the future dun 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 bishop's a party pooper listen bishop is just trying to keep people safe but he's also like cancel the party and cancel nah, the party. Man, we're not doing that makes us look weak you know makes so it look much like more it's more than just a party like it's our fault oh what, what do you mean resurrections it also is if they were to cancel the party it would make it appear that they did not intend to share this information right and that would yes make them look bad and also just be confusing like y'all just came out and announced this like cyclops told us we know about resurrection so if you then cancel your party because this news is out then we're suspect of why you're doing that because it seems like you put this news out right you you invited us all to your fancy island to show us your big news last year and right. now you you basically now you got big news and you're gonna cancel your party this doesn't seem right doesn't make sense. But at least just keep the five at home. Yeah. And this this priority of what Xavier wanted is a small redemption in his fall from grace to return more mutants before the secret was exposed. I mean, it's small. I'm not... I'm still... Charles, you've been up to some dirty deeds. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand, I guess, fully why that's such a big deal. Because now it's going to be hard... We've already seen it's going to be hard to keep this under wraps and protected to be able to focus on all of the mutants that they're trying to bring back to life. Yeah, but they don't got to keep it under wraps. Just go with the flow, baby. Everybody knows. Now they're all coming for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minor details. (laughs) Pretty major. I love Bishop getting mad about it, though. Like, I'm Captain Commander. Yeah. I I think he's finally getting frustrated as he realizes how little his role means to the Quiet Council. They just do whatever they want. Right. We're the government. You you are vaguely a war captain. We're not at war. This is not war. This is politics. And just the difference between him and Scott, where, like, Scott is upset about it, but kind of, like, brutes about it to himself and to Gene. And Bishop is like, no. I'm right. not playing this game. Right. You gave me a job. I'm doing my job. I'm from the future. We don't mess around. I've seen some stuff, guys. Cut it out. Cut it out. Babysitter magic. The five. I love I love this. I didn't really want to go to the party, but now that I can't go to yes. the party, I must go to the yes, party. Yes, that was pretty hilarious from Egg. Which is true, you know? Once someone tells you you can't have something, you gotta have it. Just like Hope should be at this Quiet Council meeting. And yeah, that makes that's a little weird. Little sense. I get the protection, but to refuse her ability to vote and make decisions is further proof of this false government power that she actually has or doesn't. Mm-hmm. But here for magic is she's on watch. Loving it. Loving it. Off to the healing gardens. Glob has got, oh, got a little glob. ouchies. From that test. Poor Glob. He's just a transition. And then what? 
And then what indeed? Sporting that new salt and pepper look. Like Everett Thomas coming in like an old man. And also, let's just talk about, okay, so you look much younger when you shave your face, right. dude. Like it's right. a huge difference. So he's been this old how long now? Nobody's noticing the change in your face. Like facial hair is one thing, but like... But it is an interesting concept to say that, okay, we know that his power has this new level, but that it's aging him or like... It's affecting his physicality. him by doing the memory, the muscle memory version of syncing with people. Yeah. It's cool to know that, you know, that is a story detail that just because through resurrection, the mutants are altering their mutant abilities it doesn't mean that there's no adverse effects that like they can go through all of these things without faults or without any consequences there are still consequences well especially sync is a very unique example of having had hundreds and hundreds of years of experience yeah uploaded into a brand new body and then having all that experience come out all at once oh yeah that's interesting too because i rem- i wonder how far does his memory go back? And like, if it's further back, does it age him based on how long ago he was with that person, right? Because if he's reaching from from muscle memory, then if it was like, oh, I was just next to you yesterday, maybe that only ages him like a day, but I was synced with you like six months ago, then does that, hmm. Does that change it, I wonder? I don't know. There's a lot that I don't understand about what's happening with him. And it's interesting because it it just sets up a completely random plot point that'll follow through in the next year of X-Men, I assume. I'd also bet that the distance of sinking from someone, I I don't know. Like, is that affecting it? Like the length of space between them, that makes it age more. And then the other thing is like, is there going to be this question of, well, just keep doing the thing, and then when this body gets too old, we'll just off you and give you a new one. That's what I said. Like, just resurrect him again. We'll, just try again. Yeah. You know, it's it, only for life or death situations. We're the X-Men. Every day is a life and death situation. That's what he said. That's what he said. But he does jump off that little bed pretty quickly. He's like, whoop, got to go. Oh, yeah, he's spry for a 40-something-year-old. We don't know how old he is. Hey, Daily Bugle. Jumbo and Janet. Talking it up. It's cute. It's fun. But why give me this and not give me Black Widow's outfit? <laughs> like, what's the purpose of this this page right here if I don't get to see Black Widow's outfit? Like, uh, Basically, oh, just to remind you that Janet Van Dyne designs things sometimes and some character development for Jumbo Carnation. Not really. Kind of a little. I guess, like, to know that, I mean, it was interesting and and relatable as a cosplayer to know this idea that, like, you don't have to have all this money to do the things. You can go to a thrift store and you can kind of make things out of or or find your own clothes and make things out of other things. And that was a cool connection. But I I mean, the, the, the meat of this conversation was that Black Widow's outfit is the best outfit. And, and we, we don't see, see it. it. So I'm upset. So who designed it and when do I get to see it? Marvel. Anybody listening? I mean, you you saw it in the preview, though. I did? I don't know if you actually... I, I don't know if you did, but it was in the Hellfire Gala preview issue. The digital-only Hellfire Gala preview issue. I didn't even know there was one of those. I talked about it in an episode. 
I'm upset. I'm going to have to go back and read it. Strike it from the record. It's on the record. Welcome to the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> Moira Jane with the well-timed entrance, but we're not talking about resurrections. Emma's just putting a stop to it. Hey, we're here. Yeah, you heard the news. That's not what tonight is about. Cool necklace. Where is it? I love all the little puffins. Yes. They've really become their own little world unto themselves since last year. And you know we love to see Matteo Lolly drawing Emma Frost. You know we love it. Matteo posted this page and I was like, yeah. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, I love your art. And he was like, yeah. And it was great. Game world's here. The X-Men saved their lives and... We saved the planet. We saved other planets. We're good. We're yeah. cool. You like us. Be cool about it. And then Scott's going to ruin everything. Scott's like, yo, Emma, I got to talk to you. And she's like, not now. Piss John off. Ham. John Ham. Uh, and especially with the, it's a reveal that it's John Ham. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is played to be, oh, Jonathan Hickman? Oh. Oh, it's been a while. Oh, that's funny. Until the turn. No, well, it's, it's John Ham. You know, someone. Someone posted John Hamm's picture today, so I already saw that it was John Hamm. So sure. I that's what I expected, but I could understand why if you hadn't known that it was going to be John Hamm. I didn't. You would be like, oh, Jonathan Hickman? Is that you? But alas, it's just John Hamm. John Hamm. With who, a little smirk as Emma kisses him on the cheek. Who is apparently a friend of Jerry's. Oh, that's cool. one of the few cameos in the book this year or in the event this mm-hmm. year and he in mad men played opposite january jones who played emma frost in first class yes and i think that's yes. where the familiarity is coming from this joke in media of like ha ha ha, ha. jonathan ah jonathan but plus also just emma knows everyone sure clear bring me back my husband for your benefit hmm. yeah she's like i need you to do this and for Emma's you like Oh, let me guess what you're here for. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I she makes some good points, but I just have to toe the company line. Mutants only. Sorry, bub. <laughs> yeah, can't do it. Don't die, and you'll already be doing the job better. Just savage. I love it. I love that she's just like, oh, you know what? You're alive, so you're doing it. And uh, ciao, darling. Guts to go. Oh, look over here. It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man and this MJ story point. Moira has no idea of their connection. Why would she? Right. Peter Parker and Mary Jane, she doesn't know who Spider-Man is. I, I don't. I Maybe that came up in a past life. Probably not. Silly, silly, silly Moira. And also confirmed that this is Peter Parker and not Miles Morales. Correct. So interesting. And designed by Jumbo. Designed by Jumbo. That was weird. Look at those. That's another point for is Spider-Man getting himself deeper and deeper into the X-Men. Oh, he definitely is. Jumbo designed you a suit. And also in this book, they're like, ha ha, read the rest of the story in Spider-Man. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Jerks. Now I'm going to have to read Spider-Man. I mean, we have it, so or we will have it. So that's fine. Gotta love that Spidey sense going off. In my pull box, so... Oh, come on. Doom! Oh, my God. Just silly fun. Parker gets to be Parker, and Doom gets to be Doom. I loved this page. I love this page so much, especially this one panel where Peter's like, 
peeking out from behind Doom's <laughs> head, like without even any of the dialogue. It's just so perfect fun. and so fun. Could Bowie have been a mutant? I loved it. I loved fun, like also all the little throws of like this person is a mutant and this person is a mutant. Like hearing the, you know, the people of our history who they're classifying as mutants. Yeah. Not John Lennon, though, sadly. And also, I mean, I'm glad that Doom is here, made an appearance. We got to see his super fly look. But Was other it? than questioning whether or not Bowie is a mutant and being annoyed by Spider-Man. Eye candy. He's just a he's just a little look at my amazing, flawless look. Carry on to Firestar. To Firestar, the cop. I'm still mad about my horse. I mean, it wasn't right, right? It wasn't right for Emma to kill her horse. Years ago, like decades ago. Yeah, decades ago. We get you a new horse. Well, Emma's like, you should come to the stables. I made, I made stables for you. I read that and I was like, yo, Emma, do you buy her a new horse? Like, what's happening here? I'm clearly not welcome here because I hesitated to be on Mutant Island off doing champion and... Or Avenger nonsense. But at the same time, in the Iceman comic, when he was like, you should come to Krakoa, and she was like, nah, I'm all set. Like, I still, I get why she's upset, because she's like, oh, y'all just wrote me off. But at the same time, you don't even want to be there. Right. So are you mad, or are you just... Yeah. But... Captain America. I love this exchange. With some advice. The advice, how it seeds Firestar's story, the connection to Rogue, the classic Avengers annual story. Yeah. It's also just a cool story point for her time on Uncanny Avengers and how Captain America saw the potential in her and and wanted her to be on his side and not against him. Yeah, it was also a cool little history nugget for me because I didn't really know any of that. And just a further point of Emma and Steve's relationship. There's, yes. not, there's not those m- mother eyes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not this time, at least. Different now. Iceman's having the best time gambling. Throw his hands up in the air. Should Cyclops apologize for what he's done? I feel like he doesn't. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily think he needs to apologize, but I do think people need to know that there was a re- like a reason behind it. And yes, I understand they don't want all of the island to know everything about Orcus and the threat and all of that, but I can understand why why people are saying Cyclops you need to apologize. Like what the heck did you do? Why are we just walking around like this is no big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, from from their perspective, they have no idea why he did this and we're just acting like it's fine. That's true. So it's not necessarily that I think he needs to apologize, but I do think the Give us some people context. need some kind of context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So not an apology tour, just a explanation tour. Yeah, just give him a little something. And Forge will tell you about his business with the council when you're on the council. Hey, you, what, what a weird... Hey, I know you're working for the government on secret stuff. I love talking about secret stuff, you as you know. You so you want to tell me stuff? so I can talk to Ben Yurick again? I just love having juicy bits to tell him. Yeah, especially especially after Forge is like, hey, you need to apologize for spilling our secrets. And he is like, nah, I don't want to tell me more Give secrets. Give me more secrets. <sighs> Should have sent Gene in on this one. Oh, silly biscuit. If the council was a voted government body, would Cyclops be on it? 
Probably. I think so. I mean, if you're looking at... History well, and general appeal from the mutant yeah, nation. Because I was going to say, if you're looking at who they're voting for, for the team, but at the same point, I don't think they're going to... It's not the same thing, it's not right? The same, it's not for the same role. Like, one's for, like, a physical protector and one's for, like, a mental protector. So you, you have to have different qualifications. But I feel like, don't come at me. I don't want to hear any sass. I feel like Cyclops is qualified for that. There's no He's sass. He's absolutely qualified for that. Both. Yeah, I just didn't want to hear any like, oh, wait, you're supporting Cyclops now. Cause I mean, your words show your support of Cyclops. I in- think you should stop talking and we should go <laughs> to the next page. Oh, look, the five crashed the party. Oh, uh, that chaperone. She does make a valid point. Yeah, she caved. She saw value in their reasoning. And also like... The whole idea of like we've left them alone and we we don't have any of the most powerful people here to protect them. So they're probably safer here. I mean, magic is pretty powerful. Yeah, but she's the one who says it. Sure. So she can be there to protect them at the gala. Maybe she just want to come to the party. Yeah. That outfit and everything. I love the budding relationship between magic and bishop. Yes. It's going to be good stuff. MJ making moves. And we see Doug with the looks. I got to say, I like Doug's look. I'm into that collar. Yeah. It's good. And then there they go, off in the distance. Right, where we get our first look on just what is going on with that necklace, the reveal, and just this bomb drop to Proteus or Kevin McTaggart because she knows a lot about you, man. Here's the thing. Proteus you were just told that you we have to be careful because people are going to come for you. You right. can't go to the gala because people are going to come for you. And then you end up at the gala. You're there for two seconds. And a stranger is like, hey, I know you want to follow me out into this area where we're all by ourselves." And you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Somehow she's your mom. Yeah. That's the whole thing is awkward. Party crashers on the next page. Phelan goes where he pleases. And Tony doesn't want to go to Phobos, which is kind of a relief. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Tony. I know. You've but made like, that explicitly this, clear. <laughs> this issue made me even more not a fan of Tony. Really? The end of this issue? We'll talk about it when we get there. Sure. But yes. He's like... Okay, cool. Well, you deal with space stuff, but Earth is my priority. And I got to go over here and talk to Reed Richards. I just thought it was a relief that he's stepping away from Phobos, from Phalong, from Orcus repeatedly throughout this issue in the same way that Captain America on that moment in S.W.O.R.D. last year. Just like, what? what is Orcus? Like, Avengers mm-hmm. seems to be at least not... Not anywhere near on the mutant's side, but not on Orcus's side. Well, yes, that is a good point. They they are making a clear distinction that they don't want anything to do with what Orcus is doing. But they also are wary of what the mutants are doing, which as Earth's mightiest heroes, I understand. They they don't have any and historically have not had any allegiance to the mutant cause, mm-hmm. which is a criticism to them and how they've operated. Yeah. Raised here later on as well. Yes. But Reed doesn't remember. And that is an interesting little tidbit to Tony Stark. Yeah, the seed that keeps on seeding. I love this. 
Reed tells Tony about the X-Men Fantastic Four ending, but we still don't know what Reed said to Xavier last year when he right. came up to him and he whispered to him. I'd better prioritize inhibitors. Let's talk. Not here. Not tonight. Not now. And just you the fool. fact that C.B. Sibolsky, this editor-in-chief of Marvel, is in the background of a shot like that makes me feel like this is something Marvel-wide that's brewing. Mm. Interesting. Magic is just giggling, though. She's like, hee hee, CB. Have another drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, have we met? Oh, my God. You know, everybody wants to ask about it, but nobody wants to congratulate us on all the great things that we've done. It's true. We solved for death, guys. And also, people have been trying to get me into the idea of Emma and Tony as a couple, and I'm not here for it. Sure. So I was so happy when she was like, I'm sorry, do I know you? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's right. Stay away from that Stay man. away. He is also solved for death, apparently. I don't read Iron Man, but I've heard mm. that. He has some answers for himself. Sure. That futurist Stark in his visions of possible tomorrows. Phobos is the sticking point between everyone. Yeah. Mars or Arako humanity's solar system yeah to be shared for all mankind i did think that was an interesting you know are you gonna give back Araco's moon no mars's moon doesn't belong to you it's like oh snap we're still battling it out it's never gonna stop and i'm glad that it's not gonna stop because in the same way that game world was kind of the just format machine for year one yeah Stasis and Phalong are sticking around. Yes. And I'm glad for that because I feel like they are key players in Orcus now. Yes, for sure. They'll come for you. They'll kill for your power. Well, you've never you have never cared about our affairs before. Why so interested now, Tony Stark? Mm-hmm. Why so interested now? Who's this guy in the background creeping in? That's the guy who's gonna come talk to Emma later. Yeah, he's an ambassador. He was First in House of X number one. But he's the one who's going to talk to her in the Immortal X-Men, I believe, yeah. It's just cool to see those little tie-ins because we're not getting like, you know, last year we played the whole like, look in the background of this issue for what's happening in the background of that issue. I mean, I will say these two issues back to back felt really connected. Yes. And just the story points that they're playing off of, really well done. Yes, it was a good pairing to read these two together. Oh, thanks for letting me remember our little chat. She's like, excuse me, that's not how we do. Yeah, this, I mean, so I just said, oh, that's nice of Xavier for wanting to resurrect everybody. But is this a final straw that breaks the chair of Xavier's seat on the council? Well, once everybody finds out, they're going to be preoccupied with someone else for a little bit, though. Sure. The mutant problem. It is interesting for Tony to be like, stop calling it a problem if there's no solution. Right. Or or we don't need a solution. Right. Right. It's not something that we're going to look figure for out, right? For, right. What are There's you doing not, up there? You yeah. just you're just trying to instigate something. Yeah. And then he says, "I'm looking for a worthy opponent." Interesting statement, because I thought your opponent was the mutants. So what are you doing? I don't have an answer. I don't have a theory. I only have questions. Well, I think I think the mutants are still very much so his opponent, and he's trying to provoke them into an altercation. Ah. In the same way that he unhinged his jaw and destroyed that, I don't even remember his name, 
only lived and died for one issue and they wrote songs in his glory. And- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Tony's out. He's out. Back to Spider-Man. Back to Spider-Man. Another cameo, a collaborator of Jerry's, Brian Posehn. Oh. They had done that 420 relevant issue a couple oh, months right. ago. Cool. Well, Doug has... And an- Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool. Gotta love Deadpool. He's there. He made it. So, but why does Deadpool say he's still mad at that guy? Is he talking about Spider-Man? Or is he talking about this dude over here? The skeleton man. It's either Posehn or Spidey. Got it. And It's both, apparently. It's both. It's all of the above. But to see Cypher's read on the exchange between Spider-Man and MJ and know what was up. Yeah. He could read the Spidey sense. Which is interesting. The details of the glass tap, the timeline of it is a little confusing. The tapping of the glass as she was about to walk off with Proteus. Yeah. So this is, is interesting. SOS, right. Yeah. Because you see it here, but. It's her call to go off with Kevin. It's not her call, though. It's Moira's call. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So MJ is the one. That's who's why doing I was saying SOS. she's in subconsciously. Gotcha. She's in there. That's that's cool. And she's like, "Help, someone get this lady out of my head." <laughs> and maybe she was doing it in hopes that, you know, I don't know if she, if MJ knows anything about Cipher, and she knew he was right there, or she was just doing it in hopes that anyone would see it. Yeah. But. She was tapping it out yep. while Moira was puppeting her. Meat puppeting. Meat puppeting her. On to some family drama. Proteus is not having it. He's like, you're not my mother. You've never been my mother. Why are you coming at me with all this garbage information? Yeah. But now he knows about Moira, which means the five will know about her, seeing as Hope already knows about her and wanted that information shared. Mm-hmm. So she's going to have no problem chatting about it with her friends. It's interesting because I don't think her Moira family, knows that the council knows. There's right. no way that she would know that. Right, because so, she was gone before. So Proteus wouldn't necessarily know that Hope knows about the mm-hmm. secrets of Moira. But that's the next big thing to come out to the public. For sure. Or at least the mutant public. Yes. The fury building in Proteus's body language. Yes. As Spider-Man cuts in, fried and denied. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to have some protections when when you have a mind-controlling necklace. You got to make sure that nobody can just take that thing off. Right. And then Emma's just distaste for an argument on the balcony. You know, I try to have a nice party and you guys are just going off in the background. You are not my family. The found family of mutant society, the real home that Proteus now has. And they are ready to back him up immediately and entirely. And there's there he is, good old Wolverine in his same exact Hellfire Gala uniform, apparently. Those are their those are their Hellfire Gallery security uniforms. Yeah, right. And you got to be in the background. You got to yeah. wear your blacks. Yes, I mean we did. We talked about it with Joshua Casara, but you know he's one of two people who seems to just decide they need to just wear almost the exact same thing to the Hellfire Gallery, and nobody cares. I don't think he does. <laughs> well, that's fine for Logan. It's fine for someone else. I'm not too happy about it. Yeah, but Wolverine knows. 
He knows that that's Moira. He can smell her scent even though she's not really there. She touched this necklace. I can smell it. Even the the release of MJ for just a quick moment. Yeah. Tracking her with Grey Crow. What a... I thought this was a great spinoff setup. Yes. I was like, let's go. I'm ready for this story. Exactly. Who's getting this book? What's it called? Wolverine, Deadpool, and Grey Crow? <laughs> Together? Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Grey Crow? No, I just want Deadpool involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's Spider-Man issue. I know, but I just... Wolverine and Deadpool have to be a team right now. They have to be like best friends fighting crime. I do love that Grey Crow gets thrown in, though. Yes. Because he hasn't been doing anything. Just hanging out. And the way he just looks over his shoulder, Grey Crow, and follows her through that gate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. What? We'll, I'll talk about it later. Okay. Well, we're coming, Business. We're coming to a page with, with two qualms. I got two qualms on this page. Cuckoo's colors. Yes. The cuckoos, are, they're, in, they're wrong. They're supposed to be four black. One white, because one is the white queen, whoever's in charge. We got old cuckoo colors going on. Their looks, I'm kind of into. I see how they follow suit with Emma's. They're pretty They're pretty cute. I could see peeps wearing that out. Sure. But it's this incorrect, so. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie poopsie. And then there's Catherine. And uh, I don't know why she's wearing almost exactly the same. Like, she's not even wearing an outfit. That's just like, that is, that's her jacket. That's her jacket. That's her work clothes. And she just took her makeup from last year and just copy and pasted on both sides of her face. Yeah. And and she was like, all right, I'm good. She don't care. Do the side pony bun thing and I'm just, that's it. Here I am. Russell didn't make a new look for her, and nobody else was going to. She's, I'm disappointed. She's in two panels. That's rude. But just to go back to the cuckoos for a second, Emma just said that next year, this will be their responsibility. So she's giving up. They are the white queen. But she's Emma Frost. She's not going to host the gala anymore. She's going to have the cuckoos do it. I mean, she said that, I think, in the first hellfire gala that she wasn't necessarily going to do it every year that this would grow into an and the cuckoos refuse so well she better do it next year because i'll be upset this is her party emma you started it you gotta keep it going it's mutants party she is the host okay but she still needs to remain the host in my personal opinion there you go which is right (laughs) (laughs) to you but Richards doesn't want to talk business, doesn't want to talk about the seed that's planted. Mm-mm. Onto the dance floor with fake John Ham. Mm, you've been tricked. You've been hammed. <laughs> she is pissed. You have ruined my party. Ugh, I have to dance with Scott. I don't even want to talk to this traitor. But then, Banshee. Banshee, Banshee, Banshee. Oh, man, that fellow's getting roasted telepathically. Been there. And another woof. You know, it's a generational thing. for the woofs. Yeah. Because I say woof. So do I. And it makes me feel seen. Thank you for adding that into the comic. Also, the detail that Ham is one of Gene's hall passes. So Love it. <laughs> I'm Love really, it. I'm really for it. taking a chance on this conversation, but it's important. It's important. So, like, it's okay if Gene wants to sleep with John Ham real quick. Yeah. 
just this conversation back and forth. It's really intense and it's really underscores their relationship mm-hmm. because it's been vague throughout Krakoan era. It's It's been a nod here and there or a smile or a, yes, this. Yes, but this moment where she like Emma falls into hugs his, yeah. him and says, show me what is so important. It's like, okay, if you're really pushing and you really think I need to know about this, like, tell me. And I was not ready for this. Yeah. I was not ready for Scott to just be all up in, it's sinister, it's sinister. Look at his face. Yeah. This oh, is great. And that brings me to the to the back to the title page for a second because in the little blurb in the beginning it said Dr. Stasis is a rogue sinister. And it's just interesting because he claims to be the original. So just that idea of like that nugget of like what they're telling us is he's still somehow like they're basically saying no, he is still somehow connected to the sinister that you know. Yeah. Which or is at least, a cool detail. At least they're arguing of who is the source, who is the main. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Great God. development, though, and seeds so much excitement for Immortal X-Men. Indeed. Everyone's coming for you, Nathaniel. Yeah, and I'm coming for you because I'm not so sure I feel in your outfit, sir. No. I don't know, like, I, I kind of see what you're going for, but, like, I'm not. King Jesus? Yeah, I guess. I'm just not. It's It's all right. It's not for me, but uh, moving on. This inner circle of trust between the Queen and the X-Men leaders. Another reason to believe that Scott and Jean will join the council. This and that Emma will be the head of it? I don't think that she needs to be the head of a council. Okay. Well, okay. Well, do you think Charles needs to be the head of a council? I think he feels he needs to be the head, and that's the problem. That's what everybody's upset about. You still need like a person who's like the chairman of the board. Like a board needs a chairman. A council needs a person to say, okay, the meeting is in session. This is what we're talking about today. Yeah. That could be Emma. Could be. But Emma says, okay, you show me yours. I show you mine. Bomb drop. This was a preview page a long time ago. Yeah. Preview art page. Yeah. Because I was like, I've seen this page before. Moira, Mr. Fantastic, all these details. That's why the the fact that how many people now have been brought into this inner circle of knowledge. It's crazy. I assume that Forge knows from X-Deaths of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Proteus now knows. Hope added to that in Immortal X-Men. Scott, Cyclops. Therefore, Jean. Eventually, Jean. And here's the thing. What I like so much about this issue was even though it was the gala that was about all these other things, it was really just like a big gossip fest for the X-Men sure, and for mutants. And I I very much enjoyed that because this is like the, the pot that needs to be stirred to take the story to its next place. Yeah. So it's giving you that reason to gather them all together and, you know, share their secrets. Yeah. <laughs> He is shaken by this, though. He needs a second. Yeah, he needs to sit down. Like, Gene, I can't let you read my mind right now. I need to take a chill pill. As Emma should be, too, though. Like, Well, she she's a woman on a mission. She's like, I got this information. I got to go do something with it. Yeah. Is that why Magneto got out of the council? Like, you can't pin all this on me anymore. I'm up on Araco fighting for my death every day. Yeah, I think so. He was basically, I think that. Everything that happened with Emma finding out and the unraveling of the Moira secret, 
I think that Magneto was like, you know what? This is not who I am. This is not what I want to be. Charles, you convinced me to be a part of this thing, you and Moira together, and now this is not doing for my people what I want to do for my people, and I'm out. Yeah, I just want to retire. And go be on another council. Get a new job. Jordan White and Gwenpool as Sailor Moon in the background. Okay, that that's Gwenpool. I said out loud to Justin, who is this bubblegum Sailor Moon and what is going on? Yeah, really the only giveaway that it's Gwenpool is the dialogue box. Because it's a different color. And, and her hair. But the fact that she looks like Sailor Moon is a nod to Jordan has a podcast right. about Sailor Moon. Yeah, okay. This whole like, now let me get into a book. I was like, Sailor Moon is coming in? Who is this girl? What's happening? But okay, into it. Cool. Fun so apparently little. there was a there's an interview about this and Mateo just asked Jordan, "Can I draw you in the background?" Mm-hmm. And he just kind of went with it and then drew De- uh, Gwenpool as Sailor Moon and designed the Sailor Moon I outfit. I freaking love Mateo. And, and this was just going to be a detail in the background until Jerry saw it and then gave them dialogue. I love it. Uh Mateo, Mateo, thank you. I love you. <laughs> I was like, she looks cute as hell, but like, who is she? <laughs> that makes more sense now. All right, well. X-Men 2.0. First, can we just talk about the Wolverines dancing yeah. on the dance floor? So fun. Family fun. But no love between Sink and Laura. Sorry. So this is the same older Sink that we just saw? That's what I'm saying. Looking like this just because he shaved his head? Just shave my head, shave my face. Uh, he ages me 20 years. You know, it's suspect, but if I can't question how this is happening only a year later, then I guess I can't question this either. Yeah. You got to let it be. This this story for Sink, though. Let's it's a go. Good, it's a good moment, too, for Sink to acknowledge something that you've been bringing up about how that... That's not who Laura is. Yeah. And he's accepting that. And he's saying, even if that means that I don't get to have her love me back, like at least she doesn't have to live with all of this trauma that, trauma you... that we experienced. Right. Yeah. Right. Now to address the floor. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. We resurrected mutants. So what? Today, it's just ours. Tomorrow, who knows? Who knows? Which is an ultimate bait of like, hey, be nice to us. Maybe we'll save your lives. Maybe we will. Be our friends. We've got drugs, like really good ones. Mm-hmm. And look at Captain America's face. If you didn't know already by the rogue little story, if you didn't get from that story that that is how Firestar was going to end up on the X-Men, maybe the hint of... Firestar scowling in the background, standing next to Captain America, taking us then to a close-up of Captain America's face while Emma is talking and talking about announcing the team might give you a hint as to what's coming next. But first, we have to go check on our friend, Dr. Stasis. Right. Who is around the automatons. These are the people that... Not people, they're the creations out of Krakoan technology that harvests mutants' drugs. Oh. So I assume we are on Mars right now. Oh, sneaky, sneaky. And this technology, I believe, is shutting them down as they all hang their heads, and then he steals something. He takes something right out of there. I think this is the technology hinted at in X-Men 12 to shut them down and then steal whatever he takes. 
oh man, that's good that you knew what was going on here because I didn't. And I just thought he was in like maybe some other kind of lab with some robots. Nope. And I was like, what is he doing? What is he pulling out there? What's happening? But now. On to the X-Men vote. Our outgoing members, Destiny's skull pin and the lack of mystique anywhere. Thought it was an interesting detail. So she has a little, is that a brooch? Yes, I think that would be a brooch. I don't know what a brooch is. I didn't know how to use that word. It's correct. You are correct. But yeah, there's no mystique. There's no mystique. Wolverine, Rogue, they're like, peace out. I'm out. Sunfire and Polaris. Sunfire, cheersing it up in the back. Polaris looks beautiful. She's giving me uncanny X-Men vibes from... When she went off and was manipulated by, or, or it was just crazy, and then the nurse. You mm. don't know the story. But. I don't know the story, but I love her outfit. I think she looks so good. She looks so good this year. And uh, so we're gonna get, we're gonna keep Scott. We're gonna keep Jean. We're gonna keep Sink. And uh, and thumbs up to the first nomination. Captain America loves it. Iceman loves it. Yeah. So all right, Firestar. She doesn't look super thrilled. Nope. Uh, she's, I mean, she's smiling, at least on that first panel. Yes. she. She's smirking a little. Probably just because she's friends with Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, let's let's tally up everything else. But no one can make a decision. Everybody's like, ah, maybe this one. Ah, maybe this one. Jerry, who do you want on the team? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It's just, it feels kind of strange how they're all just, there's no clear consensus among the people until they start just nominating and then the people are like yeah that sounds good yeah that's good no yeah that works i just would like to say i'm really proud of us because like when we were putting together some teams and even you know this was like one of the teams that we were like this would be a dream team but we don't even know if it would really happen it wasn't all of these people we definitely talked about forge i think it was also i think it was Blonde China that had brought up the idea of what if the people that had gala outfits are mm-hmm. the team. Right. Yes, that's true. With Forge and Havoc. And it basically and is an Iceman. The lineup of the people that we've seen looks for, except Gambit, who's not here <laughs> oh, at all. Oh, God. Yeah. Misdirect what, and a half. Like, what the heck? Only slightly referenced as he's needing a replacement in the kitchen. Yeah. Rough. Because he's dead. Because he's dead. Sad. I just love the reactions. Forge, what? Havoc, Forge, what? Forge and Havoc are like, excuse me, I'm doing what now? And and there's no there's no debating. You know, Forge said Havoc, and then everyone said, yes, Havoc. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Magic was like, y'all better be putting me on this team. And Bishop's reaction, I wonder what his concern is. This team's influence on Krakoa, or, you know, what... Or- just this idea that he's starting to build a partnership with magic and now she's going to go off and do something else. And now he doesn't get to do his war college the way he wants. Sure. They were just becoming friends. Look how sad his face is. But do you want to fight her? No, no, I don't. Let's have Iceman brag about all he's been owning. Look at these, look at these hands of spikes. Look at these ball spike hands. Evangelica is in. So am I. All right. That's our lineup what shot. What a team. It's a good shot. Cyclops, Jean Grey, Sink, Havoc, Magic, Forge, Firestar, Iceman. 
And in this moment, Firestar really doesn't look happy to be on the team. Not Neither at does all. Forge. Well, Forge is... Firestar definitely doesn't look happy. Forge is just bristling about it. He's got something else. And he's we like, see, I'm busy. We see what else he's got, mm-hmm. or at least the name of it. And Havoc is like, this is cool. I'm into it. Yeah, I was not expecting this. But hey, where, where my big brother goes, I want to go. Mm-hmm. Beautiful shot. Yeah, love it. And then we see Charles. And when I saw this look, I was like, okay, this look feels like kind of reminiscent of you know, like a scaled back version of what Xavier wore last year, obviously a different color, but not completely. And then I was like, I wonder if this is like, or any of these designs are people's looks that didn't get picked for the first year. Mm. Wait, that's not Mystique in the back dancing with Destiny? Maybe. Behind Forge's shoulder? Yeah, I see her. I don't know. She doesn't have the skull on her forehead. Yeah, Might she- be. She's not, but yeah, she, that could be her, her gala outfit is this shadowy business, but either way, Xavier is concerned about, can can Forge still do his dirty work that we don't know? Project Black Box. Yeah. Don't worry, Xavier. And hey, Angelica Firestar is now an actual cop or narc on this is what I'm saying. This is what made me upset about Tony. He was like, oh, you're on the team now, so you know the Avengers are going to want all the information you have. If like, something is going... And he's not saying, give me weekly reports. He's saying, hey, if you see something that isn't good, isn't right, if the mutants are doing something else that is not the... They, they just bomb drop revealed something that has been hidden for who knows how long to the Marvel Universe. If I am Iron Man... And I hear they casually had this released. What else are they not talking about? Okay, but if I am a mutant and you are Tony Stark and you are coming up in my party and then telling people to spy on me, you're not my friend. No, he's not trying to be their friend. I know, but like this is why I... I get it, I guess, like why he's concerned. But at the same point, I still think he's scum. Sure. Well, (laughs) I... You think he's scum because he's against the people that you're rooting for. Not really against, but he is a different side than the people that that you and I are rooting for. But you have to... Okay, so granted in this issue, not necessarily doing anything about it, but Captain America and Iron Man are on the same team. And I don't think they would handle the situation the same way. Well, they're also very different people. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a fan of Tony Stark. And I, he just he just planted a mole. He just pulled a T'Challa. And when Storm finds out, she's not going to be happy. It's true. Or at least he tried to. We don't know what her moral compass is and if she's actually going to go with that or if she's going to see, hey, you know, the X-Men, they're pretty good. We'll find out. Where's Monet? She's not even at this party. No. She knew she wasn't going to get it. Apparently, Armor was number two. What? Yeah. This get out of ridiculous. here. This is ridiculous. This is an outrage. I love how Emma's like, all right, Tony, see you next time. And he's like, nope. yeah, no, I'm not coming back. Not interested. But Moira's got guts coming right up into the party, hijacking someone's body. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bishop knows what's up apparently, too. He's another one in on the information. Yeah, well, I don't know how much information was spread because of them finding out, right? Mm-hmm. Wolverine found out. 
told someone else telepathically had Grey Crow follow them, and then that information spread within the people that needed to know. Yes, yes. But Moira's come back to be all bloody. Whose blood is that? That's what I was reacting to. It's not MJ. I don't think it's MJ. Oh, you don't? You think it's Grey Crow? I think it's Grey Crow. You think she killed him too? Potentially. Why do you think it's Grey Crow? I mean, who else is it? I just think it's Grey Crow because he's tailing her and that's the next person or that's the next time we see her. And yeah. she's she's been held up, you know. But she also like said straight up, I'm going to kill Mary Jane. Right. But I don't think that they would. They're not going to kill Mary Jane. Right. She's actively in Spider-Man. Well, you read Spider-Man number nine. You'll find out. Maybe. Which doesn't make sense timeline wise because the Spider-Man story is supposedly six months in the future. Maybe it'll be a flashback. Anyway, the big reveal at the end, she is the one who's giving the inside information to the Eternals. That was a surprise and quite an interesting twist, considering she's specifically naming the five. I mean, that's how you cut out the resurrection machine. Remember those art panels from months ago, I think, where Hope was dead Dead. in her council chair and it looked like the egg was dead on the side and... Yeah. Infiltration of the island. It's not going to be good. Good thing we have House of 92 to show us, hey, no, we can do it with 90s mutants. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Get some other mutants. We got this. Our tease for the next issue, Judgment X-Men 13 is when this will continue. Oh, man. What'd you think? I loved it. Loved it. I loved it. I thought it had humor. It had compelling story. It was a compact evening of craziness. There were so many great things. There were so many great things. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of this issue. Big fan of this approach for the gala. I felt it felt smaller than last year in story, but also in scope. The fireworks weren't planned by Emma. Right. But by Cyclops and Moira, even though hers didn't go off just yet. Just yet. I love the art. I didn't have any problem switching between the styles. No, yeah. Even though they are very different styles. Mm -hmm. A lot of seeds being added to the story for AXC and beyond. The individual character stories, the further breaking of the council's control. There's just so much going on. All right, let's reinvest in the story. It feels like an annual for the X-Men. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a good... It's a good... uh, Palette cleanse. Yeah, it's a it's a palette cleanse, and it's a branch off into like this is the direction we're going now. It's a crossroads. It's a it gives more stakes. What What do you think? Are we getting a Hellfire Gala next year? We I hope so. So again, another year will have passed, and no one else in the Marvel universe will know that a full year has passed. Justin, you need to let the time. Listen, listen. You always say this to me. Let the timeline go. Don't. Worry about it. I'm not worried about it. You just said, I'm just confused by it. But you literally just answered your own question by saying this feels like an annual. This is an annual issue, so it will happen once a year. Don't worry about how often the X-Men throw a party. Maybe like, they throw a party every six months. Maybe they throw a party every three months. They got lots of Krakoan drug money to roll around in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boss Babe Summy Official really enjoyed the gala and the cliffhanger at the end of the mm-hmm. issue. That was a chef's kiss. And that's really our, our kickoff driver into AXE, Moira, messing with the Eternals. It's kind of crazy that 
of this big crossover event, Moira is like the linchpin. Makes sense though. It does, but it's She's been built the- obviously as obviously they're not going to tell you that it's Moira, but this idea that mutants are just deviants and they they're too far gone and we need to stop them but to say that a she's the one spilling the information and b we're specifically targeting the five that's that's big stuff well so the eternals have been or at least not the eternals everyone druig has been eyeing the mutants as deviants right Yes. So, and then this just kind of focuses that direction further. This gives him the information that he wants. Right. But I'm saying like, it just seemed like it was, I was just very surprised by the pinpoint of the five. LV Duart wants to know if we're seeing an alliance between Emma Jean and Scott, a new inner circle. Um, I don't know if it's just them. I'm going to say it's Emma Jean, Scott, Destiny, Mystique. That could be the new inner circle. Hmm. Because Destiny and Mystique and Emma also have a thing going. Yeah, yes and no. Yes, they have worked together that one time, and they seem to support each other a little bit in the last issue of Immortal X-Men. But even in Inferno, Emma was saying, I'm not, I'm not doing this with you. I'm pointing your gun. You know, they, they are the hired hands when necessary, apparently. Right, but I feel similarly to... Scott and Jean, like they're sharing information, but they're still on separate teams. They're still doing separate things. Yeah. There's just mutual trust and a shared goal. Mm-hmm. I feel like Destiny more so than Mystique then. Mm-hmm. Because even in Immortal X-Men, the next issue, she, Emma is talking about what Destiny wants for Krakoa. She believes in Krakoa. Mm-hmm. BMCG2 is wondering if Moira Jane did something to Proteus when she touched him. I don't I don't think so. I don't so. think she did something. I think she was planting seeds of information and she wants to watch that information yeah. spread. Especially when you're going to say something to someone at a party. Even though they were seemingly alone on the balcony, you don't know who could have heard them. Fleet seeds so everywhere. I think she was more there to stir things up yeah and she was trying to get a slow play she was trying to get him to go off i don't think she wanted it to be a slow play i think she wanted him to go off on the balcony and start to blow stuff up yeah which is like y'all don't even know your own son moira right warline comics wanted an editor's note for the point about the avengers terraforming mars which same i feel like there's a lot of things i'd like editor's notes for but it seems like we only get them for points within the era of comics that we are currently in. It's mm. like, oh, well, that was two issues ago in X-Force. Like, I know. I'm I reading, read that. I'm reading these. But yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that happened. Good to know. Right. I don't even think that they did it. I'm pretty sure that was X Nihilo. Nihilo? I don't know how you say that name, but and they were kind of stopping him. He's also curious about the Illuminati in this issue. We kind of saw them assembling at the gala last year, at least informally in that circle. Mm. But it seems now there's reason for them to push together that they're finally doing it. Interesting. This conversation between Reed and Tony. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, gears are turning and people have questions. But and I wonder if the Fantastic Four will play any role in AXE. I don't think so, but maybe. 
because they seem to have Reed and Sue in this issue to bring up the point that Reed's memory was partially erased. Like it feels like that's a key component in something going forward, whether it's a mortal X-Men or AXE, but. Or if it continues to connect to what Kate came to him with, because yes, that panel that's a Krakoan gate in their lab. Oh. As they're continuing to study it for that problem for her. Right, because she can't get through them. Right. Interesting. I wonder if there are any moments when you see Reed, is Kate anywhere near him? Uh, yeah, as she's talking to Franklin when Emma tries to talk oh, to him. Oh, that's about- who she's talking to, Franklin. I didn't know who it was. I was going to ask, but then I was like, don't ask. One more from Warline. He's disappointed that Sink and Wolverine's potential love story is over. Somebody call Hellion and tell him that Laura is single again. I'd agree, but also it didn't feel like there was anywhere for it to go. And they at least talked through that over the issues of X-Men. He's yeah. kind of heavy handed pointing to it because it was an exciting plot point out of the X-Men run. But then they really worked through, hey, this really... This, this probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I think it would have been a cool thing if if it had worked out. Like the fact that they were together in the if vault she wanted it. was sweet and all of that. But yeah, I think they made it pretty clear that she wasn't interested in it. So it needed to kind of die out. But it is unfortunate. Yeah. Especially because my heart was rooting for Sink to win her back. But. Mm-hmm. Blanche had enjoyed the one issue, but is wondering... Where was the fashion in all caps? I mean, I feel you. That's what I'm saying. You know, I get it. It's like it's a difficult thing, right? Because when you can't do when you're not doing multiple issues and you don't have the way to showcase all the things and blah, blah, blah. It's like it's a lot to go through all the designs for all the different characters. But last year, even in the side issue, like. In the side panels in the background, we did see a lot more like people in the background in fabulous outfits. And these panels are much more focused and you don't really see a lot of the crowd. And that is kind of sad because sure. I do love like, you know, I, I love that I at least got a look for Wolverine that I could recreate because she has and she was a former X-Men and, you know, was leaving the team. But you barely saw that like she's on the cover but you don't really see her much in the issues. So you see her like twice, so you get to see her look, but, right. you know, but it, there were... It seemed like a lot more disjointed in terms of the looks that were created and the issue that was then published. Yes, yeah. And last year, when we, when you have all those individual books, each character gets more panel time because they have their own story to tell, so you really get to play with their looks, where this was like, we got to get the main story across, and, and if you're in the background, you're in the background. And you have more artists. You have more creators working right. on those costumes, working on those designs. You still have four artists on this, but I think there were four artists in the X-Men issue right. that was of the Hellfire Gala. But I'm grateful for Russell Dodderman's Wolverine design because I had so much fun making that costume and I am so happy with how it came out. And everybody loves it. And you took some pretty dope photos, my love. Hey, yeah. Vanderino thought that the five rushing to Proteus's aid felt good to see. Found families are so important and especially resonate 
with a lot of us in the Rainbow Mafia. Mm-hmm. Doing so in front of his birth mother that's actually taunting him really hammered at home. Yeah. Which I thought was a lot of great points about that as a moment and what it meant for Proteus standing up for who he is. Agree. Agree completely. The Pikachu wants to know, what is Project Black Box? Are we finally putting a Cerebro in the black hole? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's already there. Sure. Maybe they're doing like experiments on it or something. I just feel like it's got to be, it's probably a spying technology. Right? Mm-hmm. When you think of a black box, you think of something, everything is recorded. Mm-hmm. It's installing in the resurrection machine a way to be aware of moves before they're made to stop something like what Cyclops did with resurrection, which I would question from Forge. Wasn't there at some point Forge and or Sage talking about things? Well, there was the recording device thing from Wolverine that the X-Desk had. So maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I definitely think there's. it's like surveillance or... Legion of X... The fleet seeds or the yeah. surveillance of the island and nobody knew that Night- Nightcrawler didn't know that. And he's yeah. on the council. Yeah, something, some fishy's going on. And that's all we got for questions. All right. Well, we still got a whole other issue to talk about. Yeah. This is a long episode and we're only talking about two issues. Well, you got on like that Hellfire issue was kind of like three issues long. Sure. So, and Immortal X-Men, I feel like, it's going to go, it's going to, we're going to fly by. It flew by when I was reading it. Yes. But we so, got the star of the week, darlings. Darlings. Miss Emma Frost. Miss Emma, Emma, get it, get it, Emma, Emma Frost. In all her glory, I love the visual and the fabric folds. They are expert level art class assignment. Mm-hmm. This was always that, oh, draw fabric folding. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a great image. And as we get into the story, the look of it with the glint of a diamond form makes so much sense yeah so let's get into it page turn noise sleeping beauty so what's the gist of the story emma sleeps in her diamond form so that she doesn't age while she's sleeping yeah protection protection from aging protection from any threats protection is the cover but really it's so that we we age gracefully, darling. Yes. The reasons why she's been sleeping in her diamond form, the character insight we get on her, it's all really lovely and spot on. You know I love an Emma Frost issue. That damn horse again. Ugh, We're going to keep on talking about that it. dang horse. If you call your horse Butterum, it deserves to die. <laughs> I did laugh at that part. The way it affects her relationship with other people, this cold, un comfortable way you know i just i liked this diving into the pressures that she's feeling Mm -hmm. the the weight that she carries it's just a great chance to get into the mind of a character who has been so crucial to a lot of what's been going on like emma is easily one of the most important mutants of the krakone era yes and the thing is that i think the point that really is interesting to me is a lot of times there's a conversation about women in power positions and how sometimes a woman can do something 
and they're perceived as being, you know, cold and stark and Bossy. mean. And, and, you know, just not a good person. But if a man was to do the same thing, they would be like taking charge and a great leader and whatever. So this idea that she has to go through that, she has to do what she has to do and she comes across as cold or she, she creates negative experiences like what happened with Firestar and then she regrets them but then she can't show her regret or her remorse for that situation well, well to be fair what happened with Firestar was evil that was right that was not nice <laughs> that was when she was but a I'm villain saying it still weighs on her so right. she's still like she at least has a moral compass right she's affected by it but this idea that Scott saying that when she sleeps in her diamond form, it's like uncomfortable and cold. It's like that's it. She's something that she's doing for self-preservation and it's perceived as, you know, standoffish or something. No big announcement this year? I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the conversation between the two books. It just yes. feels so... It's like the entirety of the gala just hyper-focused in two books. That for sure these creators were going back and forth bouncing ideas off of them uh, off of each other this and newspaper the newspaper the story about spider-man feels more and more intentional now mm-hmm. he would be a great ally to have on the side of the mutants as a broader marvel hero that's right but also he, he normally just comes by himself he's not really an active member of any team so he just does his thing and floats away blood i I'm glad that we got an explanation for this later in the issue, but I saw this and all I thought of was the blood that was on Moira at the end of the issue. And I was like, is there some kind of connection here? And also Jumbo's going to be upset your poor outfit. He'll make a new one. It's not like she's going to wear it again. True. She's not Kate. Oh, burn. (laughs) All right. Well, technically it's different because that jacket was even on both sides. Whereas her last year's jacket was not. No, it was just her regular Captain Kate. Just her Kate. regular yeah. Captain. She just came. That's not. The better. only thing I'll give her is like maybe she came from space and she was like, "What up? I'm here real quick because I'm on the council and I got to support, but I got to bounce back to space." Anyway, it's a title page. Immortal X Men Part Four: Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds are forever. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Mikael Bandini, color art by David Curio, letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. The coloring of Emma's square indicating that she's the issue's narrator. Mm-hmm. Immortality. I want it. Well, you can't have it. Yeah. This guy. You can't have it, okay? Over 16 million dead. It is a good point that it's she It's such makes. a great point. Humans have been historically and actively killing mutants left and right. Why would we take our focus away from our own people with this gift when you're the reason they're dead. Maybe not you specifically, but your people. Mm-hmm. What about a new deal? This is a power move. Yeah. Just, let's just have backups for the ruling elite. I I think it's interesting, too, because it's not often a situation that we see or that I have seen Emma in where he he says what he says. And then he's like, you know, this could be. He's essentially like forcefully saying like this could be good for Krakoa. This could ensure, you know, he's basically saying this might stop us from threatening you further. Sure. And the way that she reacts with this like shocked face and then her face when she says I'll talk to the council, like she looks sad and she looks scared. And I 
I don't know if that's intentional or I think it is. But like I overwhelmed just, at least. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's not an often a stance you see her take. Even if she is scared or uneasy about something, she usually puts up a front and would be like, you know, I would imagine her saying that, like, I'll talk to the council with more of a we'll see what we see and then maybe have that feeling on the inside and not show it. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, does does this what kind of power does this guy have over her that he can have her react in that way? I mean, it's thinking about safety of the nation. You're thinking about their ability to continue to do what they're doing. He's cutting out a threat that she feels throughout her entire soul of Mm -hmm. protecting the children and building back a better Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just surprised that she showed it. But incoming, I, sheep's blood. Yeah. Oh, before that, actually. But this thing that this ambassador is saying is essentially what Orbis Stellaris was concerned about with Xandra. The fact that you're going to have the ruling class able to die and come back and yeah. always be dictators, essentially. And it shows what probably the mutants are afraid of in sharing this technology is that, you know, for them... Yeah, I guess it's, it is a little bit about power, but it's not just for certain people. It's not just to exude your power over other people. It's No, that's what the council's right, for. Right, but this idea, like, that's a very dangerous idea. Yeah. Because if you are a person in power and you can never die, then you can never lose your power, and that's not what Mutant Resurrection is about. It is, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, a difficult point to make. But right. what I'm saying is that's a fee- That's why that's so scary, I think. On to the sheep's blood. One of the many possible public reactions. We want it and we're pissed you're not sharing it with us. It's kind of intense. It's like people throw blood on people when they wear fur or something like that. Like, So because your husband died and we can't resurrect your husband, you're going to come to my party and throw blood on me? Like, Is that... Seems a little extreme. More extreme or less extreme than throwing it on a fur coat? More extreme. I think throwing it on a fur coat is saying like, you murdered this animal and now you're wearing its skin, so I'm going to destroy it so you can't wear it. Yeah. And also, I will say, Wolverine and Beast should probably be in their bolo ties, but it's fine. Yeah. And that Beast looks like from a handful of years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. But now let's let's get to the juicy bits. The council. Sinister schemes. This makes me think of what Emma said about the good guys fighting ever since Gene left. He immediately takes this point and goes in for a kill move with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we could just manipulate. We have a kill switch for all the nation's leaders that aren't mutants. Isn't that a great thing? Oh, sinister. Mystique is just like, oh, God, this that's, guy. But that's what I like to do. I like to kill people. Let's let's talk about it, especially with this mutant growth hormone. Yeah, this whole situation, that's that's just spreading a misinformation. Like the information is that mutant resurrection is a thing, not that if you are a mutant, you become automatically resurrected. And this guy totally misunderstood. Well, you haven't you haven't told us the the details, you know? You've right. only you've only told us that you can prevent or undo death. Difficult situation. 
And I do think, you know, the question of, so is this our fault? Is this our responsibility? No, but we should be sympathetic to it is a good point by Nightcrawler. Yeah. The the humanity of it all. Our humanity. Little brother arguments. It's exactly what she's doing. Oh, humanity? We're not humans. We're mutants. It's like, okay, semantics. Yeah, that pedantic bore, you know. Yeah. You're sweating over the details of what he's saying. You are still of humans. Mm-hmm. And humanity is a quality. Like, that's what Nightcrawler's talking about. Not yeah. physical being of being a human. Okay, here's Scott Summers. Everybody can confirm this is Scott Summers. These are indeed his memories. Yep. Yes. Okay. All the telepaths sh- in the room: Xavier, Exodus, and Sinister. Mm-hmm. Because how many powers does this man have? So many, apparently. Adding to it every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, these are his memories. Okay, then let's just show you what we see here. Doctor Stasis reveal and Sinister's reaction. Bamf bombs. I love seeing the way that Sinister has like pocket size powers now yeah he's like all right well i'm gonna put nightcrawler's power into this little disappearing stink bomb and I'm he didn't even, some multiple man pills so that i can he didn't even use nightcrawler's power it, that's a smoke bomb he can teleport sinister yes Jeez, louise how many powers does he have I'm, I'm telling you he has far more than he's ever been shown to use in the krakoan era And it's kind of ridiculous because of how overpowered he is and and how he can add more powers to himself. But yeah, I thought the multiple man pills were kind of funny. uh, The last issue where he can change his body. Yeah. That's one of his powers. Didn't know. Who keeps up with it? Because he's just adding more things. Adding more and more. Well, there's tons of versions of him. And everybody's confused and everybody's fighting. But he gets out. Yeah, it's a great action shot. I just love with the... The mutants on the summer council, the X-Men especially, are getting some great knockout moments. Colossus, Storm, and Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. And then he's free. Oh, but wait. Destiny's there. Irene with the power move. But then... Don't be a coward. She lets him go. She lets him go. And I feel like this is a, a pretty ballsy move. But she, she's Destiny. We didn't even talk about the thing in the other issue. That just reminded me. When well, they call her destiny. When they say that Moira's name means destiny, I was like, what is that kind of connection? I mean, they are the Xavier Magneto dynamic, you know? Interesting. Opposite sides of the same coin. Anyway, I'm back in my lab. I got to talk to my turtle friends. Talk it out. You know? Listen, Cyclops Turtle. Help me figure out my life. <laughs> yeah, I love the... Yeah, I know there's four suits, stupid, you know, because everybody was thinking, oh, well, he's Diamond, there's Club, mm-hmm. and there's got to be two more. Even yeah. Colossus figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Insult the fans even more. <laughs> Rude. We were excited. He's got an awareness of Judgment Day, though. But Stasis, that's all new information. He's confused. Irene, what does she know? The levels of him figuring it out. She knows, dude. She knows. And his layers of backup plans. He's got backups for backups for backups over there. Let's reset our personality. Which is wipe and go. Hysterical. I, I, this was crazy. Maybe people will like me better if I just suck all my personality out and shoot myself up with something new. I don't, I don't think it's something new. I think it's 
at least what I am hopeful for, as much as I enjoy the sinister of now, the sarcastic guy, this feels more like classic sinister mm. rebranding himself or bringing himself back to that maniacal, evil, menacing guy from the 90s, 80s, 90s that I fell in love with. Well, that's great. Let's bring him back. I didn't really mean like new, new. I just meant like yeah. swap it out. Also, Oscar Wilde. Mutant. Mutant. And then he's I, just going to go back to the council. I wondered, is he purging his mind of any memories? I don't think it's memory. Maybe it because is. Because he so does that- back up things to the Moira. So then they can't. So then they can't read his mind or right. pull his memories because or he's whatever. Going to essentially face a court or a trial of some kind potentially. Yeah, that's what he thinks anyway. He's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna go turn myself into the council." Right. And then let's kill him. Let's throw him in the pit. No, don't throw him in the pit. It's not good there. Yeah, no, we don't want him to sit on that chair. <laughs> We're not gonna put him there. But then he's kidnapped. And then whoop, he just disappears. Oh, I wonder where we'll find out about where he went. Not suspicious at all. But, you know, that's that's a story for another day because I'm asked to go back to sleep now. Right. Another hard night alone. The coming war. Destiny's motivations, her true intentions. The vague insights, but a care for the mutant people. This poetic sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, Warline brought it up in, in his question. The fact that. Emma got shorted in this issue with her being the bookends narrator for essentially a sinister story. And Mm -hmm. I kind of agree that what was intended to be her spotlight story was largely focused on sinister and his plans. But these bookend pages that we get are really deep to what's going on in her subconscious in, in her inner thoughts i agree and i also think that it's a moment for emma to show how she's stepping up on the council in a way that's like i am being very transparent with you all i have this information and as soon as i got it i'm telling you about it yep and it's like how she's handling things differently than other people handle things well, i'm not going to tell you what i told scott in return though no no that's i don't have to tell you what i told people I just have to tell you what I know. Yeah, I'm not telling you new information. That's You guys already know about Moira. It's just kind of poetic sadness at the end. Mm-hmm. And then we have a through the looking glass quote, which ends with come and dine with the Red Queen, the White Queen, and me. Lewis Carroll. Mm. Fire in the desert is up next. Ooh, man. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought it went really well with the Hellfire issue. And I thought that it was actually like, even though, you know, it's disappointing that Emma doesn't have like a big meaty version of her story in this. I do think, like you said, we get a lot of insight into her. And I did appreciate the pacing of like, we're not going to, we found out about sinister and we're not going to just like dilly dally with that information we're just going to get that out there and say everybody knows now boom this next thing happened so we're pushing this immortal x-men story forward and yeah. and the the momentum is picking up of what's going to happen yeah i i felt like this was short mm-hmm. i felt like it was too short at the same time it was epic with the amount of dialogue we get you know it, it feels like a, a dense story it's all 
Yeah. Not I don't want to say wordy, but it's got a lot of content to yes, it. Yes, yes. But and I, I remember getting to the last page or two and, and being surprised that that was the that end was of the book. That was the end. I think I was just going to say maybe if I had read it in a different way, in a different order, at a different time, but I read all of the Hellfire Gala and then I read this and they felt like they clicked together really nicely and after reading the the huge issue of the Hellfire Gala, then reading this felt like, oh, that was a nice little nugget to add to it, but it wasn't too much extra. Yeah. It was a different approach to an issue of this title. Not much new was added, but a lot of development of some key points, plots with Sinister and Destiny, but I think the star of the issue is still Emma. Still Emma, yes. Her importance to the council, what she's bringing to this conversation, the mm-hmm. connections to the Hellfire Gala. It was a great dive into her mentality, what she's going through, the weight she's carrying. I really liked the fill-in artist. And I really, I really love the intertwining work of what Jerry's doing in X-Men and the Hellfire Gala here to bring about the downfall of Sinister. Yeah. In multiple ways. It's going to be good stuff. Is Destiny's plan the best way to deal with Sinister? Like not confronting him directly, but almost playing some mind games? Yes, I think so. Because I think Sinister, especially where we see him now, where he's having these conversations with himself, like allowing him to fumble and be like, ah, people know what I'm up to. (laughs) Then he's going to out himself. He's going to slip up, I think. Yeah. Once he finally gets out or, of wherever you know, he when goes. when he was captured, so who knows. He quickly figured out that she knew something, but also seems to have contingency plans for it. But also, if you figured out that she knew something, why not reset the timeline? Because then she might not know it in the reset, you know? But he 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 was like, mm, I think she knows something, so I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah. That's interesting. How are you feeling about your girl? I love her always and forever. Great two issues. Mm-hmm. Also underscores just how much importance she has and how much pressure she's facing. Keep the ship afloat and moving it in the right direction to keep on the side of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Got to be on that good guy side. That's all I have for questions. All right. Well, I very much enjoyed these issues and I can't wait to talk about the other ones. It's going to be real exciting. I can't wait to read them. I know. I have not read them. I've only read Eve of Judgment. I haven't read anything other than these two, but that's what tomorrow morning's for. Until next time, old friend. Bye, Charles. See you later. Or not, that's fine too. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.